1: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only.
2: Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Five, four, three, two, one. Touchdown! San Francisco! Touchdown! Kansas City! I'm
1: fired up for this game.
2: This is the
1: Rich Eisen Show.
0: Patrick Mahomes? I cannot say he's in his MJ era and then pick him to lose the next game.
3: The Rich Eisen Show.
2: Earlier on the show, quarterback consultant Jordan Palmer, co-host of Good Morning Football, Jason McCourty.
3: Coming up, co-host of Bussin' with the Boys podcast, Taylor Luan, Fox Sports NBA analyst, Jim Jackson. And now,
2: it's Rich Eisen. Hour
1: number three of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. He came on the air and Dan Quinn was the new head coach of the Washington Commanders. That's kind of wild with Belichick and Vrabel sitting out there. And uh, we kick off our number three with a guy when he was last on this program uh, here on the Rich Eisen Show. Um, we we learned together that Mike Vrabel was being fired as the Tennessee Titans head coach. And unbelievably, here we are two Thursdays before the Super Bowl. And Mike Vrabel has gone through the entire Coach hiring season without being hired by another team—totally wild. Joining us once again, a longtime friend of the program of the Michigan Wolverines and us, right here on the Rich Eisen Show, from Boston with the boys—none other than Taylor Lawan back on the program.
0: How you doing, sir? Good to see you. Outstanding, Rich Eisen national champion alumni. Good to see you, brother. Good to be around you. Look at us.
1: Look at us. (laughs) Just
0: nasty. Hey, how about how about Mike Vrabel, dude? How about Mike Vrabel not what? being a head coach right now? Why? What do you think's going on here, man? What do you think? You know, I I think we uh, a lot of times people think billion dollar companies make no mistakes, and a thirty two of them made a mistake in the last couple of weeks. Mike Vrabel should be a head coach of a team. I don't know if he just doesn't interview well or or what the deal is, but I'm bummed out for him. I don't know what he's going to do this year. He might be on Fox with Tom Brady. Who knows? <laughs>
1: Well, maybe he can, you know, does could he be a boy? Can he be a third guy on the bus? Is there enough room? Because, again, as you know, I, I haven't really been on the bus yet. Um, so is there is there room for a third?
0: Taylor, what do you think? You know, we could f- physically fit Mike on the bus, but the, the size of the ego I don't <laughs> think we could keep consistently at our shop the whole time. Turmoil would happen. Will and him would get into it. I, I, eventually him and I would get into it. And uh, But there there would be nothing in this life I'd probably want more right now other than having a son as my third child than Mike Vrabel working for me. That would be just <laughs> – would that not be special? Just tell him, Mike, what do we pay – like just be pull up film of him, like not doing his work. Yeah. Mike, what are we doing here? What am I paying you for? <laughs> like what are we doing, buddy? Sucking on a jewel. You're better than this, man. You are better than this. What kind of editing is this? That would be amazing.
1: (laughs) Is that is that was that one of his go tos? Like, what are we doing here? Is that was it? Is that one of his go
0: tos? I told so. 2018, 18. Yeah, we had flex signed a pretty decent contract with the Titans, and uh, it was Mike Ribble's first season. And uh, we practice against uh, Tampa Bay. And JPP, I've told this story I believe on the show before, but he puts me in, uh, in a move where, you know, he hits me with a club. I go to overcorrect, slaps me out of the way, puts me in an absolute blender, and it's a one-on-one pass situation, just absolutely crushes me. And um, did it with four fingers, by the way, too. Like he was, he was <laughs> handicapped, and he still got me. So we're in the team meeting room, and uh, Ravel he shows clips, good clips, bad clips, and the and the stuff that gets you beat. He doesn't use the word stuff, but he's showing that clip, and the room is quiet and he's just replaying it over and over and over again. He takes a deep breath and goes, "What are we paying you millions of dollars for? For this? Like <laughs> we just pay you that much money so you can go and get dusted by a guy with eight fingers? Like what's going on?" And he just goes in for the next 15-20 seconds where I've have n- I haven't been the same since Rich. I have not been I have still have not recovered. Uh, I clearly it'll leave a mark, you know. Up, and and I guess if he's
1: even hints at that same sort of style of communicating with, say, somebody in charge above him on the flow chart, that might grind a gear and then get around the league and thus he doesn't get hired somewhere else. Is that entirely possible? If we could think
0: it's a, sleuth it here? I think it's... I think it's possible. But, you know, Rich, you've been, in the, you've been in the game longer than anybody at this point. You know how it is with the egos flying around, especially in the NFL, higher-ups. People, you know, their piss gets a little hot, and they want to all of a sudden make uh, big moves. And I think with, with Vrabel, he can, Vrabel can come off a certain way sometimes. It doesn't change how much I love Rabel, how much of a player coach he is. But he can come off a certain way sometimes. But you also can see the product of what he did with less talent. Not this year, but in 2021, when we were the one seed. Going into the playoffs, we did it with like you know ninety five guys that played snaps for an NFL team. We set a record. Like he implements and gets guys to understand the rules and gets guys to play higher than their ability and able as a team. So to me, it's like he should absolutely be one of the thirty two head coaches of the NFL. Unfortunately, he's not, and I think there's I think there's been a mistake made.
1: And you know when again last time you were on, it was wild. You know, you, you and I both learned at the same time that Vrabel was getting fired, and you were ready to. Uh, welcome Derek Henry on the bus. And, you know, that pod came out uh, about a week later. And, I, you know, I saw your guys' conversation with him and you were all just kind of head-scratching. Um, now Derek's going to be moving on elsewhere, I'm assuming. And I-, I was saying yesterday, if Jerry Jones says let's we're going all in this year and we're going to go all in with players that we don't normally go all in with, that's the guy. That would be the guy, right? I mean, do you have any yes. idea what Derrick Henry's plans are at all,
0: Taylor? Do you get any sense of that around well, him? Well, first, first, I want to say thank you for watching the show. I appreciate that. The second thing is during that episode, yes, yes. during that episode, Derrick did say like he's like you know he he believes he's got some some great ball left in him. Yeah. He has no no thought process of of you know retiring and walking away from the game. To me, I mean, he's gonna he needs to go to a team that he believes in his heart of hearts. That has an opportunity to win the Super Bowl, and and so I don't see him going to like a Chiefs or a Niners because the Niners got McCaffrey and the Chiefs don't really run the ball like that. I think the the Dallas Cowboys. He 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 works out in Dallas in the off season. Like that's where he goes. That's where he trains from right now until OTA start. That's where he will be at. That's an easy landing spot for Derek with an offensive line with guys like Zach Martin on there. I know they get a little banged up here and there, but he would have. I mean, could you imagine yeah. a star on the side of Derrick Henry's head? How awesome that would be. That would be electric. And another teams you think about, too, is, I mean, I don't know how Chubb's injury is. I know it's a pretty severe injury. He's not ready in the beginning of the year. Why not a one-year deal for Derrick in Cleveland? They run the ball. They run a similar outside zone scheme. They do a great job out there. I mean, there's, there's, there's places he could go. But I think if you're looking at opportunities to improve a team, contenders, I'm thinking Cowboys, and I think the Ravens would be good too. I think I think those are the two teams. Huh, that
1: would be something. But in terms of going mm-hmm. to Dallas, like you want to take any pressure off of Dak and not have to have him make the throws um, thirty, forty times in a playoff game, maybe? Because again, you're talking about playoffs. You stick Derrick Henry back there. Now that's a different that, that you know. And, and I, I even just threw DeAndre Hopkins in for good measure you know while we're going for and you know while we're going full on fantasy football like just do that mm-hmm. too you know what i mean like go for it if you want to go all in that's one way to go all in Period.
0: Well, if you're going all in, why don't we just trade for Justin Jefferson too, dude? Yeah, we well, that, that's Hill trading. Miami? I'm just saying. Well, just this go did, get them
1: all. No, but I'm just saying just all oh, just takes us some, you know, uh, creative capology and just go, and it's just your money. Just go and get these guys. You know what I mean? Like, and the, just do if, it. If
0: there's, a, if there's a team that can do the capology, it's Jerry Jones. He's I, uh, I mean, so. you saw him with, with Tyron Smith. He signed him to a 47-year deal, and he played through that whole <laughs> damn contract the way it was leveled out by the time. By the time Tyron Smith's deal was up, he was playing for pennies compared to his talent. And it, it's just, they do a great job. They do long-term contracts that help the team out and make the player feel like they're getting a whole bunch of money.
1: What are Steelers fans getting with Arthur Smith as the OC, Taylor? What do you think?
0: I love I love that question. Arthur Smith, listen, I know it didn't go the way we wanted. And Atlanta Falcon fans are saying that he didn't utilize the talent. Arthur Smith in 2019 is the reason why we made it to the AFC Championship. A guy like him, is going to walk in there He's going to take pressure off of whoever the quarterback happens to be, right? Because they kind of, there's a couple of question marks there. Pickett's probably going to end up being the guy, but Najee is going to be the guy that's probably going to smile the most when the season ends about how he's utilized throughout that offense and I think you're going to see a lot more points on the board for Pittsburgh along with that defense they're going to be a deadly team this year I believe so just the addition of Arthur Smith
1: yeah I and and I I kind of dig that and just while we're just going totally crazy here who the quarterback's gonna be I don't know they they do love Pickett there I know they really do Uh, I'm just thinking is there another quarterback out there maybe they raise their hands for Justin Fields if that happens, I don't know. I'm real. That, no. That's kind of out of character for him. I'm just throwing stuff
0: against the wall, obviously. But, I, you know, and I'm not. I'm not here to throw shade, but I, I just. I'm not 100 percent sold on Fields yet. Mm. I, I, I don't, and I'm not a quarterback. He can do th- things I could never have done right. a- at the quarterback position. But I think, I think I don't know. I think you get you get Pickett, you take Tannehill, you put him, you play, place him beside him because you know they got good chemistry, and then you just hope for the best boys hope everything pans out that way give the boy one more shot at the Steelers
1: Taylor LeJuan here on the Rich Eisen show from Bussin with the Boys how do you think Super Bowl 58's going Taylor what do you got man
0: all the stars are saying Chiefs right now all the I mean you go down the wormhole of Taylor Swift brother I we shot our gambling show slips and picks earlier and I said that do you know what Taylor Swift's favorite number is
1: Mm, what 87 Thirteen? It's,
0: it's third it's thirteen. Okay. And it's Super Bowl, it's Super Bowl fifty eight. What's five plus eight? Uh-huh. thirteen. If Taylor Swift goes to this game, mm-hmm. the Chiefs, it will be her thirteenth Chiefs game this year. Mm-hmm. All right. Wow. Niners are the one seed. Chiefs are the three seed. It's mm-hmm. a lot to think about. What's the date of the Super Bowl? February eleventh. Mm-hmm. Two plus eleven. Thirteen. Uh-huh. And if you took thirteen away from a hundred, what number are you guys getting? Eighty seven. Eighty seven. A lot of things, dude. A lot of conspiracy theories out there that oh. is just written for the Chiefs. But I'll tell you this. Last time a Shanahan won a Super Bowl, there was a McCaffrey on that roster. Oh. I got the 49ers, baby. Girl, I you. got the 49ers. Look taking at you zigging. Look at you Did zigging see that? and then zagging. Did you like I saw that, dude? it. You I like almost that? I almost pulled a groin. Oh my god. It is. All I right. It. I love that pick. So you like the Niners. Yeah. I got the Niners, dude. I i I've played this over and over. Yes. is this clip of George Kittle standing on the sidelines, staring out as he knows he's losing the Super Bowl to yep. the Chiefs, saying, I will be back here. You will not get the best of me. Guys like Nick Bosa crying during his rookie year. Christian McCaffrey, first time being in a Super Bowl. Trent Williams, first time playing in a – was it first time or second time? Trent Williams, first time having an opportunity for this a Super is Bowl. First. Fred Warner. This is his first, George yes. K- I just – dude, I – at the end of the day, I don't know. I, I have no idea who's going to win. Of course. Who I want to win, I want the 49ers to win. I want them. I want those boys to host, host that Lombardi over their heads and get upset. Could you imagine George Kittle hosting SNL, being on <laughs> Jimmy Fallon? Just uh, the, the parade would I'd be nuts, that. dude. The 49ers have the best locker room in the entire NFL. The chemistry, the camaraderie, the boys, they wouldn't sleep for four days. It'd be amazing.
1: Mm. Okay, so he, I believe you're the first. Come on and say 49ers. Everybody else is like, I can't go against Mahomes at the end of the day. Mm. I'm hearing yeah. that a lot, but uh, you're going so
0: good. On? Okay. Hey, here's a question, Rich. Yes. I know it's your show, but I'm going to take over for a second. Go for if it, Taylor. Mahomes, if Mahomes wins this thing, mm-hmm. people are talking about him being the new goat over Brady. That's crazy. That's, That's crazy, crazy talk, right? talk, right? Of course it is.
1: Because yeah. he, here's the deal, Taylor. Because, yes, no. through age 28... He's ahead of Brady. He's like the greatest of all 28s, which doesn't really, mm. you know, I mean, you, you, I guess that would make him go to, with an E at the end. The greatest mm-hmm. of all 28s, okay? So, yes, he'd then have to catch Brady, all right? Tom did one three out of four, and he'd match Tom winning three out of four to start career and stuff like that. I get it. And then he'd match Tom in terms of going back to back and all of that. But Tom didn't just stop playing when he was twenty eight. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. he's the greatest 40 year old of all time. So come on, let's let's pump some breaks here. It did I love that take. A million percent. We're not even yeah. it, it's it's not there yet. We're not there yet. And no,
0: but, we're not. But I was, I'll say this about about that. If Pat Mahomes goes and wins this game with a roster that he has, yes. he's entered the chat. He's entered the room. Oh, sh- yeah, and he's looking at Tom Brady going, hey, I'm coming for your brother. Exactly. He really is. He really is him.
1: A million percent. And he's as close as anybody's going to get to Brady, one would think, because he's going to prevent all the youngins from starting out like the way he started out. Mm-hmm. So he's probably going to be the only I said he. it's kind of like, the, you know, those movies where they 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 launch somebody to try on a mission to, you know, uh, Saturn. And, uh, it, you know, it, it's 10, 15 years later and he's finally approaching the planet. Like that's, that's what we're in. We're, we're, we're in the launch position and he's passed a couple of planets getting to the spot and one 10, 15 years from now, is he going to approach and land? We'll find out, but that's, what's going to have to be, you
0: know? Yeah, that's a good point. I love, you I go. love using outer space in this conversation. Thank that's you. awesome. Listen, <laughs> that's that just two cool.
1: Michigan men talking. That's just two Michigan men talking a
0: couple of what was, your, what was your degree at Michigan uh I was communication you no general studies brother I took a hula class gotta be plus so <laughs> I'm I don't want to brag we don't talk about I still, that no I, don't I want to mean but these uh, hips really hey, stuff
1: you H- know Hutchinson <laughs> used a word on Kittle that that even I had to look up I was very impressed you know I saw yeah. that I saw that uh that footage from NFL film reception yeah did did is that a word that's taught there I didn't know. I've been, oh, I've yeah. been away a while. Oh, yeah. Okay. didn't proprioception know.
0: Proprioception is, is, is the brain understanding where the body parts are essentially when you tear an ACL, like your boy has, oh. it takes two years for proprioception to truly reset back with the brain. Now you scientists back there, you nerds watching this show, you guys should definitely fact check that. Okay. i look
1: at us. I like it. So you guys are, are actually taught something. This is great. I love it. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, Hey, listen, um, I think Vrabel would be a nice value add to the show just to wrap it all up because (laughs) it's not because at least he knows where Edelman lives and can help out Will when he comes at me thinking that I'm disrespecting you by going on Edelman's podcast, traveling all around the country, and it Mm -hmm. was just 10 exits on the 405 for me to go there. Will wouldn't make those mistakes if Vrabel was on the program. No offense is what I'm saying. Uh, that you, is probably
0: correct. You know Here's what I mean? What say. He would help clean up Here, the
1: game. We, he would help clean up the game, is basically what I'm saying. Of what's it's going
0: 2024, on and the year is getting Rich Eisen on busting with the Boys. It has to happen this year.
1: There's, well, <laughs> there's day 590. We, by the way, I appreciate, I appreciate Jack's work. We do have to get him his Chevy Silverado. I appreciate him going into the Seth Meyers uh, archives for photographs this week. I agree with you. I'm, I, as, as you know, I'm. This is going to happen. You know that I've said it, and yeah. I'm saying it again. Let's do it this summer. I want to do it this summer. Can we do it this yeah, summer?
0: If you're not going to the Hampton, Hamptons, or wherever five star resorts you go oh, yeah, to, brother, uh, like yeah. hey, Rich, for those of you watching now, Rich, he's he's a salt of the earth cat, but I'm. You're showing that you like the nice stuff too. What was it? August? Is that where we went? Yeah, if, the Hamptons. Yeah, no, nah, um, it was for it was for a friend's party. Yeah,
1: I did that. That was right. I was did that, that.
0: Was it like the all-white party?
1: No, I didn't do the all-white party. No, I didn't get that one. I didn't Probably get that one. Probably invited, though. Um, <laughs> let me see. Let me check my phone on that one. But we're going to get this done, Taylor. We're going to get this done. And I'll see you in Vegas. I hope so. I'll see you in Vegas. All right, brother. We'll talk to you soon. I can't wait. You got it. Same to you. Bussing with the boys. It's a must-listen, a must-watch. Must however you consume your podcast, Taylor Lewan back here on The Rich Eisen Show. I love chatting with him. Uh, Let's be fair and balanced. we got a Buckeye in our green room. Let's bring him out. Let's Let's talk ball with Jim Jackson. He's only been on Zoom and on the phone. Now he's in person. That's next on The Rich Eisen Show. What is going on with you, Jim Brockmeyer and Brett Musburger?
2: This is my Musburger face. <laughs> you no, know, you can't put that to bed, Rich. Eyes. You know why you can't put it to bed? Okay. Because he's a punk. That's why. <laughs> Brett Mus- Mus-
1: Musburger is a P-U-N-K punk. The man is a thief. Okay. Brett Musburger is a thief. How so? Stole my line. What line was that? This is for all the Tostitos. Remember that? <laughs> this is for all the Tostitos. Remember when he said that? Everybody in the business. No, it's not funny. Everybody in the business knows that was my line, but he went ahead and used, that's what I always yell when I climax inside of a woman. (laughs) Or or when I'm just, when I climax all by myself. And ever since then, now I have to yell out, uh,
2: Ruffles have ridges, and it's not, it's not the same thing. Here is Brent Musburger. How are you, Brent? Hey, Rich, Rich, I'm great. Listen, uh, I'm so proud of you guys. We're trying to help resurrect little Jimmy Brickmeyer's career. We all know the problems. We all know the problems that he had in the past. He says
1: that you stole all the Tostitos from him,
2: Brent, from back in the day. I got paid. I got paid by a company to drop the name. I got free Tostitos for a week. What are you talking about? Okay. You know, Rich, it's really interesting because as we started these in here in Las Vegas, and uh, Brickmeyer was having trouble getting a job, so so he he yeah. called our executives and our general manager, he interviewed Brickmeyer and asked him about uh, uh, a three-team parlay, and yeah. and, our, and our boy, Jimmy, mm-hmm. he thought that that was two hookers with him in a Morristown hotel room. <laughs> <You know? laughs> You know, Jesus, we would have loved to help him out, but uh, I wish him the best. He's so delusional, and uh, listen, let him go at it. Okay. roll all the Tostitos,
1: baby. Back on the Rich Eisen Show radio network, I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Thrilled that he is here because I love uh, everything that you do, sir, um, for Turner, for... Calling Clippers games here locally. A fourteen-year NBA veteran, Jim Jackson, back here on the Rich Eisen show. Good to see you, Jim. Good to see you too. Can I say when we started off, congrats on national championship. Thank you, sir. And I was, and actually,
3: a lot of my would say people got mad at me because I was pulling for Michigan to win.
1: Well, it's because you're a that? smart guy. Well, no, well, no, well,
3: I am. Right. Why were you pulling for Michigan? Because to win? It was Big Ten. For me, it's all about the Big Ten. It's so all many, about the Big Ten.
1: Wow, because you know, so many uh, Buckeye fans that I know leave that at the doorstep oh, when me. it comes to Michigan. So when it comes to that,
3: I, they don't care. But me, I'm like, it's, it's great for the conference. This is like, yes, of course it is. Know, for basketball, we haven't won it since Michigan State to go to. So you need it. But funny story. Yes. Did you know, mm-hmm. back in the 1800s, University of Michigan, mm-hmm. when they were downtown, mm-hmm. Detroit, mm-hmm. they were out scouting for land. And at that time, the line of Ohio and Michigan wasn't yet kind of determined. Mm-hmm. They bought land in Toledo to put University of Michigan. And that's a, where I'm from, from
1: Toledo. You did, were you born in the same hospital as Harbaugh and Jim and Herbert Urban, Urban Meyer? Yeah, Mercy Hospital. Really?
3: So University of Michigan actually thought about relocating there, but once they found out where the line was at, they're like, "We can't do." They that. went to Ann Arbor. Wow. So just a little fun fact on the Rich Eisen Show. And this is, is also way <laughs> back
1: in the day where the western part of the United States was. Indiana. Right. Yeah. So, which is why the Michigan's the champions of the west. It was the western was division western before division. the Big Ten was created. See? Look at us Look doing at us, man. history together.
3: <laughs> 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 kind of cute. You
1: know, I, I think so too. Uh, Portland, Oregon. Let's talk uh, about that. Not just because of last night. Because if I'm not mistaken, that's the city in which you were drafted, correct? Yeah. That's where the '92 draft yeah. was. Yeah, I
3: should have known. And I, nothing, nothing, nothing against Portland, but you know, at that time you watched the draft and everything was in New York. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, that year they moved it to Portland. They moved it right back to New York the following year. I was like, "Are you are you kidding me?" <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I ended up playing for the Blazers, and I had a great time in Portland. Yes, but when you see it. Now you know. Now it's, they moved it around a little bit, yeah. but at the time it was always. Why was it New in York? Portland? I, I have no idea why they moved it to Portland. Huh. I mean, you you go as far northwest as you can, other than Seattle, and that's where the draft was
1: at. Were, was it? Were all the draftees there too? Well, everybody was there. Okay, so you were in a room with Shaq, Alonzo, and Christian Laettner, mm-hmm. and who else was in that room? Alfonso Ellis. Uh, it was uh, Latrell
3: Sprewell. It was Harold Miner. It was Clarence Weatherspoon, Tracy Murray, who's a good friend of mine. Uh-huh. Don, I mean, no, it was uh Tom Gugliata was in that class. Walt How Williams. was what, what was it like in that in that room? Well, I we mean, all knew you know, it's it's, it's funny because free. I've been knowing Alonzo since high school because of Nike camp. Harold Miner was in my class, Tracy Murray was in. So we all knew each other. Yeah. But it was all still kind of weird because we were all expecting to be in New York. But we're in but I think when you're going through the process. At the time when you're just you're happy and you're and you're proud and your family is there and you're kind of enjoying the moments and but it's still something missing like damn wish we was still in New York <laughs> I mean at the end of the day you're getting drafted and at the pinnacle of where you want to be after your college career but then it's just like but to see everybody together mm-hmm. you know because we start started from a different role but yet here we are in the same place at the same time about to get drafted into the NBA.
1: Yeah, man. And uh and Shaq left first and then Alonzo and then Christian and then you. Mm-hmm. That's how it went.
3: Yeah. It it was um it was and Shaq it's funny because we're, we're in the same um year in school, 1989. Yes. But when we were coming out of high school, it was Kenny Anderson that was number 1 in our class mm-hmm. and I was number 2. The reason why Shaq wasn't that highly rated is because he was playing basketball in Texas. At the time, Texas, you really couldn't go play in outside basketball camps like Nike, Five Star, Blue Chip, Metro. So Shaq never really got the publicity until we started playing into postseason All-Star games. That's when it just all blew up and everybody was like, yeah,
1: okay, we get it. Well, you got a good Shaq story from back in the day? Yeah,
3: we almost got kicked out of the McDonald's All-American game. What do you mean? We're 18 years old, man. We're in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. So we're hanging out. Some things we're not supposed to be doing. We're just messing around. And some people got wind to it. It was real close. So I always blame it on Shaq. That it was your fault. You was a bad influence.
1: Mm-hmm. And he blames it on me. Of course. But, but now you're grown men. Would, and we still blaming on each other. Of
3: course. <laughs>
1: that ain't changed. So that you were not representing the Golden Arches very well, is what no. you're saying back no, then?
3: No, actually, it wasn't too bad. It was, It was... Not bad enough for us not to participate in the game. Put it that way. Okay. It's just 18-year-olds just doing some dumb stuff. Right? Okay. Now look at you guys now. I know. Working for
1: Turner together.
3: Yeah, we might be 50-something doing some dumb stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jim Jackson here on the Rich Eisen Show. So then let's talk about what's, what went what, what down in Portland last night. Lillard yeah. goes back. It's Doc Rivers' second game. They lose for the second straight time. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Lillard wants to win there. I'm I'm sure yeah. real bad. Uh-huh. What what are you are you are you concerned about the Bucks or are in danger of going from like second place to about fifth or sixth yeah, in no. the East right
3: now? I was concerned before that just because the the chemistry at the beginning of the season. and Adrian Griffin was a really good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, we played together with the Rockets, and I knew it was going to be a tough ask because of the expectations of what the Bucks organization in that city. Um, you know, wanted to see from that team. And when you make those strategical changes like you did, and it doesn't seem like a lot, but when you bring a Dame in and you bring and you lose a Drew Holiday, the dynamics are so different in how they operate, how the team operates. And, it's, and it takes time for that to kind of, you know, sprout some of its flowers a little bit because you're asking a guy like Dame to come in to understand how to play with a player like... Giannis, he's never had that, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And how that works, and how how does Bobby Porter's fit off of that? How does Lopez fit off of that? Connington, and all of that with a new coach, new system. So that's tough. And then you make the change. Doc Rivers already has in his mind kind of what he wants to do, but he's still trying to fill things out. It's never easy to make a a move midseason, especially with a philosophy when you haven't been there during training camp. So. I'm concerned from the perspective of continuity. I'm not from a talent perspective. Is can they get enough continuity with Doc heading into the end of the year, into the playoffs and games and momentum. That's, that's the thing. With you got them. two months, right? Pretty much. Pretty much. And that's, you know how fast two months goes by. And you got to keep in mind that you're not practicing. So it's different like, You know, if you could practice and really dig into some things. But at this point of the season and moving forward – Little or none time. No time is going to be spent hard on the practice court. It's going to be a lot of walkthroughs, individual workouts. So you're not going to be able to really gel and kind of get that philosophy down outside of just being on the court playing in games.
1: Why? Why not? Just for those who might be hearing the same. Why? Why no practicing? I know the way the the NBA season usually goes, but I mean, what about changing up here? Like you gotta. No, most
3: teams won't. I mean, at when I was first coming in the league, no. Pat Riley, we we practice all the time, two to three hours. But generally, most coaches, as you kind of bled into the NBA season because you're playing so many games, you you pull back on practice. You might have one or two hard ones during the week, maybe, depending on your travel schedule. If you have a long, you know, homestand at home, then you can put in a little bit more work of practice to mm-hmm. do it. But it's not going to be enough. To where I believe it it makes a strategical difference to really hone in what you're gonna do. It's gonna be it's gonna be cause and effect, cause and error, learning on the fly, and a lot of film work of what they want to do with Doc
1: Rivers. So what does Doc want to do? What do you think he can do to affect something in the next two plus months to get this thing in where obviously, listen, mm-hmm. Giannis, you, you mentioned you know holiday gone, mm-hmm. but Giannis basically told the Bucks over the summer like, hey. Like you gonna do something? Yeah. <laughs> like basically, you are gonna make your move here, well, and then and, and they and went ahead and got too. coaching they, wise, right? Because he really, because you think about it,
3: if he wanted Bud, Sitter, and I, I can't dig into his mindset because I don't know, and I try to stay away from that. Yes. But I'm I'm sure that if he wanted to push to keep Bud there, he'd he, be there. He'd be there. Yeah. If he wanted to push to keep Adrian Griffin there, he probably would be there. Yes. So you do have an onus as – you can't have it one way and not the other when you're the franchise guy and you want to have a voice and you want to be heard and you want your opinions to be heard. You can't just have it on one end and say, well, no, I didn't have anything to do with it or Was it wasn't my decision. Well, you may not have said yes or no, but you may not have given a definitive answer too, at which – probably caused the ownership to do some different things as well.
1: So I guess what, what can Doc affect? Because, again, def- the defense is what we're talking about here. Yep. And you're like, you know, hey, Holiday out. Obviously, he's one of the best, if not the best, at the position in terms of defense and changes things around. And um, But Lillard is in, and he's as great as they come on the offensive end. What, what is Doc going to do with these pieces that you think he can actually make it work?
3: Well, first of all, defense is all about if you really want to do it as a player. Forget about the coach. Defensive schemes, you're switching a lot of things anyway, okay? So schematically, there's only so much you can do. Now you can head, you can push down to the baseline, you can switch out, you can do some things like that. But individually, you gotta—you got to really want to play defense. Drew Holiday wanted to play D. Okay? He wanted to guard the best player, especially when it came to a guard position. And a lot of times, because he did that, you didn't have to help as much. Yes. So it didn't break down the back line of your defense. Because once you get a team in rotation, that's when you got them. Okay, so it first starts with the players individually wanting to be a better defensive team. Second, Doc has to understand, like anything else, okay, if we have a flaw in our defensive schemes or a person, how can we best cover it up? And that's how you do it. I mean, and now how he does that in the game with Giannis being able to cover so much space and Brooke having the size and Bobby Porter's coming in. Because they're going to have to cover up for game in the pick and roll. Because they're going to run a lot of pick and rolls. You're going to get broken down. Now you're going to be in rotation. And that's when you can start spraying it out. Especially against the really good teams that can shoot the ball.
1: Jim Jackson here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, I want to take a break and finish up the show with you. All right. And we got a lot of Los Angeles basketball to talk about mm-hmm. Um, especially since there's some uh, news about the Lakers about uh, tonight's game against the Celtics. I got Jim Jackson right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Don't go anywhere. Lots more association talk in a sec. Back here on the Roku Channel. Radio will join in less than two minutes' time. Uh, Do you want to take a shot at switching sports real quick? And you want to give me a Super Bowl 58 prediction? Well, I'm still a fan by heart.
3: Okay. Die hard. Die hard still a fan. All right. So I have no dog in the fight. Okay. Um, It's hard to beat. It's, it's, It's hard to beat Mahomes in a situation where the game is close because he makes so many plays. Right. With his feet. He keeps... Like the the pass he had to Kelsey.
1: That was ridiculous. It was a nine-second scramble. Nine, but
3: he kept it a lot. And, and, and defensive backs, you can't hold covers that long. You know, you just can't. So it's it's hard to go against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. It just schematically what they were able to do in their last game. Yeah. I, it, it's just like you sit back and you're watching a Masterpiece at work. And it's as much as I love San Francisco and the defense and what they're doing, I just think it's like – Belichick used to take plays or things away from what teams did well defensively. Right. Andy Reid can do that. You know, and I just, I I think it's going to be a closer game, but I just, I can't discount, I can't discount Kansas City.
1: Yeah, it's just an air of of Mahomes taking the Brady mantle right now in in the NFL. And it's just the general sense, again, you know, obviously you played in the the Jordan era too, Mm -hmm. where you got the sense, well, for Ewing and, Malone and a bunch of you know Drexler there's like wrong time wrong time wrong time and, and for also you to too, play is
3: is his supporting cast in regards to his receivers as talent as talented as they were before. yeah people say, well no, but because of the way the system is built and the way Patrick Mahomes is and the offensive line and Kelsey down the middle opening up opportunities now those receivers don't have to be great. They just have to be good and catch the ball when it's thrown to them and make plays when they have it, and that's what makes them so tough. It is, those guys don't have to be great for them to win.
1: Back here on the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network, Jim Jackson is here. Check him out uh, nationally. Turner and obviously, are you doing the NCAA tournament yeah, again? NCAA
3: fantastic. tournament, fantastic. Yeah. You're
1: great at it, man. You Thank really, you. you really, really are. And I and I do enjoy watching Clipper games when you're at the microphone here locally as well. And you know, we just talked about how. Um, there's not much practice time, mm-hmm. and there's not much time to you know get acquainted with a new coach, or you know certainly in the middle of a, a season. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about adding somebody like Harden in the middle of a, of yeah. a, of a I, I guess at the start of a season? Yeah. And man, has this worked out? Oh, it's it's really it's seamless. It feels like he's been playing with with Paul George mm-hmm. and Kawhi and the rest of this team for years yeah. it feels like that right honestly you watching the game and you're you're he fits perfectly into this whole thing and I, I, i'll speak on behalf of a lot of clipper fans like where is the trapdoor on this thing like what what's yeah. happening here like yeah. this looks and and the perfect coach for it too like they Lue is pushing every right button the the rotations look great even when even when you know like Zubach is out right now mm-hmm. I mean, Your Coffee is suddenly like dominating when he's out there on the yep. floor every now and then yep. So
3: what do you think here? First of all, management, and all franchises understand this, and we're going through the trade deadline, and management, I think, has a keen understanding of what they have and what they don't have and what they need. I felt that management with the Clippers felt that they needed another a more dynamic person in the pick and roll, someone that can also spread the court, and that was James Hart. And that's no disrespect to Russ, who's on the second unit doing a heck of a job and it's no disrespect to you know Nick Patoon who got traded in Robert Covington and Marcus Morris but they needed something else now within that too they also knew that there was a redundancy at the power forward and small forward position with those three i just mentioned mm-hmm. then you just now you have Terrence Mann but you also have Coffee you also have Paul George and Kawhi. Norm Powell too and Norm Powell so what happens is when you make that trade not mm-hmm. only do you bring in a dynamic pick-and-roll player, passer, finisher at the basket can throw lobs and can spread the floor, you thin out that roster, and now you have players who understand what their role is, how many minutes they're going to play, when they're going in. Before, you didn't have that, so it was disjointed. Now, as good as management was at identifying what they needed, James Harden had to be on board to play the right way. Or it never will work. Mm -hmm. So at the beginning... You know, when when Ty Lue tried to start all four, I think he did it out of respect more than anything else. But it showed that, okay, this is probably not going to work the way it is. But once James got in the lineup, and I said it'd take about 15 games to figure it out. But the thing that James Harden did, he came in and he wanted to facilitate. He wanted to play and pass. He worked with Zubac and Mason Plumley after shoot-around, after practice on the pick-and-roll.
1: Yeah, he And did. he's
3: still doing it today. He is. Okay, and Daniel Tice. Because he wanted to make sure that he, they knew where the passes were coming from and set it up. So a lot of it had to do with the, I think, the maturity of James Harden to play a certain way. That allowed everybody else to feel comfortable. And once Paul and Kawhi figured out how to play with James and now the rotations began to be set, eight or nine players – now you saw them take off, And it goes back to management ident- identifying what they want. They thinned out the roster. But then the individual players kind of took a step back a little bit and said, for the betterment of what we really need to do, let's give a little piece to get more.
1: They, they look great. They really do. And Harden doesn't have to score 35-38. So, but By Kawhi, way, Kawhi is it. now. But Kawhi suddenly is More occasion. efficient, too. He, he's unreal. I he, know. Well, which this just in. But it really is working. Particularly well on every possible front. I think they can threaten Denver, don't oh, you? No, no question. But here's a challenge, too. Rich, you've been around
3: us. I tell people this all the time. It's as challenging having no talent as, as it is having a plethora of talent. Sure. Because when you have no talent, you got to figure out how to manipulate the situation to be competitive. When you have all this talent, now you got to figure out minutes, egos, and injuries. Okay? That's what coaches do during the regular season minutes, mm-hmm. how to manage minutes egos, and injuries. Once you get to the playoffs, that's when you dig into the
1: X's and O's. Yeah, that's when Riley tightens that that's rotation. Right. So
3: <laughs> right. think about it. You, Ty Lue, this is what makes him so great. One, his communication. He'll communicate with the star players, and they understand it. He did it with LeBron. LeBron, at times, probably didn't res- um, like it, but he respected it. Okay? That's how Ty is. Ty puts you in a situation where now you can be successful. Okay. And but it's always a challenge, okay? How do I get Kawhi shots when he hasn't touched it in a while? How do I get Paul shots? How do I keep Norm here? How do I make sure James is effective in the pick and roll? All these things that the normal fan doesn't think about, all that has to go into why the continuity has finally kind of um, leveled out. Is you go back to the bench and how they want to communicate one with these players to allow them to be
1: who they are, but also understand to the put them in a position where they can be successful. I love it. Jim Jackson here on The Rich Eisen Show. And in terms of thinning out a roster while making a trade, I kind of feel like that's what the Knicks did with the trade with R.J. Barrett and yeah. IQ to Toronto and bringing in OG Ananobi, like taking away some sort of a redundancy that they may have. And Certainly, I guess when you can have some kids come off the bench and fill mm-hmm. in and then just let Brunson do his thing, oh, my God. I'm
3: Here's when I knew that Jalen Brunson was going to be the guy. I mean, just really a solid um, pro. When he came in as a freshman to Villanova, I got a chance to cover him. Mm -hmm. He's the number one point guard in the country. He could have went anywhere and started. You know what? He chose to go to Villanova to learn behind Ryan Archie about playing at that level. He didn't have to do that. How many point guards would do that? The humbleness, but the understanding that if he wanted to be the best – This situation at Villanova was best for me, but it was behind one of the best point guards in the country. Now, that didn't translate maybe to the NBA, but on that college level, that Mm. showed you the level of maturity that Jalen Brunson had. And that comes from his father, Rick, and his mom, okay? And now you watch what he's doing in the league. Not surprised whatsoever. And now they thinned it out, but I do think they do need New York a backup point guard. And And I hate to see Julius Randle go down with the shoulder injury. Right. Hopefully... You know, he comes back in time. I mean, in regards to being in shape and being able to play. Right. But I do think they've got to figure out that backup point guard position.
1: No, I, Brunson's one of my favorite Knicks no, ever. Love him, bro. Like top ten. Uh, I just love watching him play. He just he, he electrifies the garden. Yeah, he man. electrifies him. You when he comes off the bench back into a mm. game after and and uh, when he when he's uh, everything he does shooting, uh, uh, distributing all of it. Um, In the few minutes I have left with you here, one week from our conversations, the trade deadline. Yeah, And here we are one week before, and the Lakers are in Boston in deep trouble. Hmm. And about 10 minutes ago, this is the end of our Thursday program, uh, AD and LeBron were announced that they're out national TV game on Turner tonight. I know, man. And which is exactly, you know, what you were saying off air, this is exactly what Adam Silver said he doesn't want to do with two superstar players not playing on a, a national TV game. But what, what do the Lakers do? What, what what would be your counsel Well, they don't here? have
3: a lot of leverage. Because when they started the season, with Van, Jared Vanderbilt being out, kind of that kind of derailed a lot of what they wanted to do. Torian Prince is great, but I don't think they envisioned him to be the starting three because – Vando at the beginning of the season would be able to guard multiple positions. He didn't need you know, to, uh, to have an offense run for him. Um, th- it's an interesting dynamic when you look at the way the Lakers flipped it in the second half of the season with basically the same kind of roster Yes, um, to where they're at now. And it just shows you how hard it is to, one, really win in this league and be back on top year in and year out. Just because you have the same people, you're a year older, some things happen, injuries take place. You have a different dynamic philosophy-wise, maybe a little bit. I don't know how much movement, because as well as D'Angelo Russell was playing, you know, Ohio State guy, I love him to death. How much value does he have to get an asset back that makes sense? Who wants to take on whatever the contract I mean, terms are right now? Is this the D'Angelo... We've already known. Yeah, he's playing well for a streak the last couple of games, not that good. Does he revert back into who we thought he was? Yeah. See, these are the questions you have when you're trying to negotiate some kind of trade deal. Especially because he's – and they don't want to give up Austin Reeves. So what other value and assets do you have to give up that
1: makes sense that's going to really change and impact his roster? So you're saying – calling up other teams and saying, you don't want to let LeBron finish his career this way, do you? <laughs> and they're, that's like, not, y- they're like, yeah. That's not. They're that, that, like, we the, love
3: him to death, but no, no. we're not cut much we're ice, not gonna, huh? We're not going to help you out. Well, I mean, it's the Lakers, too. Now, you got to think about it. For a while, the Lakers probably had the assumption that, well, we're L.A. and people just want to come to L.A. They just want to come to L.A. and play. Yeah. And that's not, guys now, I mean, when they're younger, they're like, I can play anywhere. I love LA, but you know we're not going do. Teams are not gonna do them any favors. I don't know what they do.
1: I what, what can
3: you do, Look, I don't know. What, you,
1: I, I, unfortunately, you, you, the only move would be to switch out the coach, uh, straight but up. But what what is? I mean, I don't know what that does. The, I, don't, I don't know what that does. But this either. is the same
3: coach that got you
1: to wear last year. I know, right? It was the conference final? Yes. I, so, I mean, well, and that's why everyone thought running it back was a smart move here. And then it looked great in the uh, the two games in Vegas for the in-season tournament. It did. For that period of time. And Gabe, Vincent, I mean, he hasn't played because of the injury. So... And I thought that was such a great
3: offseason. Well, move well listen, think about it. The What they envision, yes. and we always do this in sports, what you envision your roster to be and your starting lineups and how your rotations are going to happen in those off season meetings, how many times they get derailed because of injuries? So now you're trying to figure out yeah. the best combinations on how they work and as much as you want to X and O and tweak it, sometimes those combinations just don't fit. I don't care what you I don't, how, how smart you are, how great the players are, sometimes they don't fit. And I think that's what we're seeing a little bit with the Lakers this year is that they were great in the in the, you know, in-season tournament. Yeah. But now it's it's something missing. Defensively they're not as good. You know, it's, it's, I, I'm a Clipper, so. <laughs> yeah,
1: so is TJ. You know, that's unless, why
3: unless TJ's yeah, got it's a us is I had the national game with the Lakers and the Clippers. Yes, so. I watched I mean, that Unless is that, other than that, you know,
1: that's where I'm at. The Clippers are, are phenomenal. I mean, on the scale of one to bat guano, how crazy is Steve Ballmer? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Bat guano?
3: From 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 Detroit, Michigan, Midwest guy. He's He's crazy passionate. Oh yeah, I mean, but he allows. What I love about it, he allows management to do their job, because he doesn't. He's not over the top. He's demanding, because he understands what he what he wants. But he trusts the people that he put in a specific place of power to make decisions, and that's why you see it coming out. and And he's been patient. Think about it, with the injuries with Kawhi and Paul and things and. Disappointments, getting to the Western Conference Finals, but not really achieving a lot. And then you're going into a new arena. Yeah, he's been patient in regards to that. He didn't make any big time moves in regards to management, where a lot of owners, maybe a little overzealous, would have done it and put and pushed the panic button. He didn't do it, and that says a lot about him.
1: Do you have any? Do you have much interaction with him? Anymore? Oh yeah, I talk to him.
3: Talk to him a lot, just about the new stadium, the philosophy. Um, kind of the outlook of the team, the growth part of it. And we 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 chop it up like that. Again, it's a Midwest thing. He's from Detroit. I'm from Toledo. So we talk a little bit about that and just talk about the future of the Clippers, the arena, which is un- – I took a tour of it, man.
1: It's down the street from NFL Network. I pass by it every no, week. Bro. It is. Two
3: things he wanted before we get off. He wants fans to enjoy so th- to be in
1: the seat, so he's always going to promote the most bathrooms ever. By the way, <laughs> we have that dr- that we have that drop, don't we? Have that drop. Uh, get find that for you. Keep going. The most but, bathrooms but ever. But the reason
3: and the, re- and yeah, the okay. ease at which you can go get concessions. The reason why he wants butts in seats. He want he doesn't want people to spend a lot of time out in the concession area right. or waiting. To use the restroom, right? So he overemphasized that part of it. Mm-hmm. They're going to have technology in there when you walk in, facial recognition, to be able to go and pull your items so you can get back to your seat. But that's how he wants the fan experience to be, like it is with him. Mm-hmm. And I love it.
1: Do you have it, Mike? You're I still looking for it. Play. Oh Oh come on, Mike! Toilets, there it is. There it is. Toilets, (laughs) toilets. There (laughs) it is. Wouldn't play because he kept on talking over and over again about what the new stadium's going to have, and then he screamed out that word, and we're like, we just got to have that. (laughs) We play that every now and then when when uh, when a team doesn't do very well. Well, I'm going to tell you this though: when when that arena (laughs) is done, the measuring
3: stick of other arenas. Yeah. It's going to look at that. Can't wait because what they done not only for them but for the yeah. visiting team yeah. and just for the community. Oh, yeah, the visiting right. team may be better than some practice facilities. Really? It's it's, it's oh. unreal, man. And Jimmy, what do, you, what do you know about the wall? A lot of people don't oh, know wall? about that. Oh, yeah. so the,
1: the wall. Yeah. So the wall
3: is all Clipper fans. You got you can't wear jerseys. You can't cheer for the other team. What do you mean? It's a wall. So it's a wall. That's a section. Okay. That uh, is at the end zone. Of the yeah. basket, but it, it leads up and it's up a little bit higher, but it's all for Clipper fans. So when you purchase tickets there, you're going to be vetted and you have to be a Clipper. You can't be any other fan. What not if right. somebody
1: just w- yeah. wears wears like a Kawhi jersey and then, what? Well, and then they take it off and underneath uh, some, there's like so a LeBron jersey? Sure are you serious? They'll come get see. Him him. Yeah,
3: yeah. there he is not put, when. When it's your arena, you can do what you want. Okay, <laughs> your arena,
1: your team, well, do what you want. Well, actually, I think there's a place that they're going to put somebody with the wrong with the wrong oh. jersey, right? <laughs> <laughs> where is it? Oilers! There it is. That's where, yeah. that's where. they'll send it
3: to. I, I, I can't <laughs> wait to out. the first person that tries it. Yeah. Because somebody, you know, some somebody, somebody oh, somebody's yeah. oh, Lakers fan too. Somebody's yeah. going to do it, right? A Lakers fan will do it. Yo, come on, touched. all day
1: long. Somebody go get in there yeah, and it. try it. Jim Jackson here on the Rich Eisen Show. You're awesome, man. I appreciate you. Check him out on Fox Sports Turner locally here in Los Angeles. We'll be back to wrap up on Roku in a sec.